Hello, welcome to Barely Legal Comedy Podcast. I'm Alex Baldwin, he's Chris Keogh, he's a barrister, I've got a law degree, we're both comedians. So anyway, you're never going to be rich. Um, Me? You. No, no. I've, I've no. observed you this morning and I've also remember, it's made me remember something else about you. You've observed me this morning and come to the conclusion that I'm never going to be rich. You're never going to be rich. <laughs> Do you know why? Cause, why? Um, so you're a barrister attached to the police. Today is your day off. Yeah. You've been phoned three times since I've been here. Yeah. And what's happened on each of those three times? Have you told them, get lost? Uh, have you told those people to do one uh, when they phoned you for advice? It's my day off. No, not at all. No. <laughs> so, do you think rich? That's the behaviour of rich people. Um, probably not. No, I, th- I think rich people. Um, you know, you don't get rich by writing checks. They say, don't they? And you don't. Yeah. And, and doing. And effectively, that's what I'm doing. I'm just doing stuff free. You do so. stuff for free on your day off. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you answer the phone as well. Well, it comes up unknown. You never know. It might be exactly. It, it Why might, would you? It might be a prank caller as well. You know, and, you, and then <laughs> hilarity would ensue, wouldn't it? I can't you know? believe you. Crazy enough to answer an unknown call. That's also the sign of a psychopath. Um, <laughs> so not only am I not going to be rich, I'm also a psychopath. You're a psychopath who's not going to be rich. and The worst type of psychopath. <laughs> you know. yeah. yeah, exactly, because they wouldn't make American Psycho about you, would they? No, no. Bolton Psycho, and it's just you in your allotment tending <laughs> to your lettuce and then killing people with a chainsaw. I think that's what he does. <laughs> I love that book. Anyway... This other example, it made me remember, there's a very, very famous television programme. Producer of that, we were talking to some sort of comedy thing um, about another project that never worked out, as they never do. Um, But anyway, she phoned me, me thinking it was you, um, so I'd given them... I'd given her my number, actually. Basically, I was a bit pushy there. I was trying to get in, and I wasn't bothered if I took you with me. <laughs> <laughs> and so she she phoned and went, oh, my God, we're, we're just in a script meeting. And I'm like, that, yes, I'm in. Um, and she went, oh, we need some we need some legal advice and stuff. When, do, you're the barrister, aren't you? And I went, no, it's Chris that's the barrister. You want Chris? <laughs> and she went, great. We need Well, we need, like, a, a consultant. Um, it's just for a very short bit, so I so went, right, okay, um, you were in court. So I said, he might not be able to get back to you today, so here's his number anyway, and it turned out you were in court. So she phoned me back and went, he can't, do you think you can find out the information for me? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And you gave her all the legal, every bit of information, the possibility of a crime, which turned out to, in this series to be a massive story arc in season five for yeah. one of the characters. Anyway, you gave it all up for free. You could have got a consultancy <laughs> fee of about a grand. But, um, I do it all the time. Like The number of people that ask me for advice, either because it's like proper legal work or it is, it's that sort of yeah. thing. So, you know... Um, You're on Radio 5 constantly? Yeah. For, always uh, for night? Yeah, yeah, for nothing, for getting to plug anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah but, <laughs> but it's just... It, <laughs> So do you know what it, it, I was thinking the other day? Because um, there's a brilliant BBC and we've not really got a direct involvement with it. We've got no direct involvement since so I can mention it. It's called Line of Duty. Have you watched it? So <laughs> one of my favourite scenes in that, there's there's a really awesome, and it kind of almost goes a bit Jason Bourne. There's like weapons dealers are in it. 
and they sort of know that the weapons dealers have got like a full cash. So rather than arrest them, they sort of follow them to to try and find out the next people involved in the chain because it's all about criminal, um, uh, organized criminal gangs. OCGs. OCGs. Yeah, and they talk about OCGs. They also talk about jizzies, which are criminal. Jizzies. They call jizzies, are they? But the criminal involved. Something intelligence source, yeah, covert, covert human, human intelligence, intelligence source. source. Yeah, yeah. So they say chiz a lot, yeah, which yeah. sounds like chiz. Yeah, yeah. So that's me. I'm sold on we, that. Bro. We, I, at work, I hear about um, chiz handlers all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, if you can't, how do you possibly say that in open court and not just get done for contempt for pissing yourself? I know. Where you I say know. this fella's a chiz handler. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that. Um, but that bit, I had this weird flashback to university when they like the police are tailing this van to try and arrest everyone, the full criminal gang. I just do you remember that? I remember. The case is Horton and Smith. Um, it's uh, on appeal from the Crown and Smith. The, the it, it got up to the House of Lords. So this is um, 1973. The final judgment hearing uh, judgment was in the November the 21st, 1973. Um, on the bench on the day, yeah. uh, we had Lord Reed. Reed? Yeah. Lord Morris of Bothy Guest. Right. Reed's a big one. I remember Reed's name. I've never heard of Morris of Bothy Guest before. No. Um, Viscount Dillhorn. Viscount Dillhorn. Awesome. <laughs> Is he Lord Chancellor in 73? No. As no, a Viscount? No. No, he isn't. Because um, Viscount's just a, a member of the um, well, we're aristocracy. aristocracy, isn't it? Yeah, is it yeah. the royalty? Is it well? I'm not sure. Because it wasn't Diana's brother or dad a Viscount. I've no idea. Viscounts, but I don't know. I can't. I can't hear the word Viscount without thinking about chocolate. And no, biscuits, me either. To be with you. Me either. Um, and Lord Salmon as well. Yeah. Okay. And the and also in the earlier hearings we had Lord Hellisham of St Marylebone who was the Lord Chancellor at the time. Right, okay. Okay. So he was in the appeal court. Is this at the Lords, did you say? This in the Lords now, yeah. Yeah. So Marylebone's is appearing in the, yeah, the court the, of appeal. The appellate history was a bit was a bit weird because he heard it on July the 2nd, 3rd and 4th. But it's an interesting case because um what it's about is about is you know the the kind of dastardly crime that you would get um of theft of corned beef, right? Of all things, does it um, say which brand of corned beef? It, no, it doesn't. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> so, do people still have corned beef? Yeah, you can still, still buy corned beef. I like corned beef. Yeah, yes. Yeah, um, like my dad it. calls it corn dog. I don't know yeah, why. no, my mum does as well. Right. Or sometimes I call it corn dog, and sometimes corn cat. Right. Just no. it just must be like it's must be like a sort of like funny. Yeah, thing, you know, some corn dog. And I send this dog that we're eating. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> on whatever, a butty whatever the joke is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had hash corned beef hash yeah yeah it's nice. yeah, yeah it's good yeah it's nice um, right so this corned beef's been nicked in in tins presumably it must be in tins yeah yeah so right so this is the offence so September the 18th 1971 there was a burglary at a warehouse in Liverpool okay right um, and a very large quantity of corned beef in cartons were stolen <laughs> God. It must be tins. It yeah, be tins, tins. But yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not cardboard boxes full no. of old soggy. <laughs> one of um, so ten days later, on the twenty eighth of September, two police officers on duty at night saw a large van proceeding down a main road near Sutton Coalfield, and right. their attention was That's di- Birmingham. Yeah, 
So right. ten days, you know. International <laughs> corned beef dealing. County Lines um, corned beef operation <laughs> is what it is, you know. Um, so <laughs> I, I wonder if this this is like because suddenly you got it's like it's a Scouse criminal gang. Now we've gone to like Birmingham, so suddenly we're in Peaky Blinders territory. Yeah, yeah. And also the best, you know, the, the if you're going to act this out in terms of accents, it's a, it's a <laughs> yeah, good the one. best too. Like they sort of arranged to meet someone else in Newcastle you know, later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so they saw a, a large van near Sutton Coalfield. Their attention was directed to it because it was obviously overloaded, or had a load which had shifted. In other words, it was all down on one side. Right. So it's the thing of like, let's stop this van. It looks a bit unsafe. Yes, yeah, it's wonky it and it's all leaning. Yeah. So they stopped the vehicle. The driver was a man named Dixon. He had a man named Nicholson with him. The van was loaded with cartons of corned beef. And for the purposes of this judgment, I shall state the facts as the jury must have found them to be. And the jury clearly accepted that the cartons of corned beef were part of the proceeds of the theft, earlier theft in Liverpool. Right. Okay? Yeah. So we, we accept that as a, as a proven fact. Okay. Um, so the van and the two men in it were taken to by the police officers to Sutton Coalfield Police Station. This is an important point right. now. Um, and there was a brief conference between the police officers and members of the regional crime squad. Oh, God. It's like the BBC Radio 4. <laughs> yeah. It's just one man. Why? It's, it's McVitie from the regional crime squad. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's true. It's me, McVitie. <laughs> <laughs> Hamish McVitie. Oh, my God. Regional crime detective. <laughs> Um, oh, I heard Radio 4 the other night and they had some, it was a show that our friend Deliso was doing and they had a dude doing all the accents, this one dude, and he was very, very good. But you kind of think, oh, could you not just have people with that actual I've, accent? I've never on? understood that. You know, Why when you, you see have... people like absolutely murdering an Irish accent. I know. And you think there's plenty of Irish you know, actors, get them to do it. Even that Peaky Blinders. I watch Peaky Blinders, I'm not from Birmingham. Been to Birmingham quite a few times. We've got lots of friends who are from that, all that neck of the woods. And some of the accents on that, I don't know if people can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go, I don't know if people can sleep at night. No, I do, well, I don't know if they can. I, don't, I honestly <laughs> just wondered how... I mean, obviously, if you've got a big star who's, like, super good-looking and stuff, and you go, right, he's... Everybody's watching it for him because yeah. he's so good-looking and there's not many people that good-looking. Right, fine. Then everybody else in it, you're like, oh, come on, whack a couple of brummies in it at least, <laughs> or wherever they're supposed to be from. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand it. But then, um, obviously, I don't think that they cast people based on who's the best actor for this role. No, they don't do this. So, they don't do that's, that's my failure there, really, to appreciate that, you know. It is hilarious when, like, if the government are ever, you know, they never quite put this out to tender. They just gave it to this really small select band of people. Yeah. Complain, bemoan the BBC. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got six actors who were in everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. right, so there were Sutton Coalfield, McVitie's on the case. The <laughs> regional crime squad are involved now. And the Upshet, Upshet, up, up, up Upshot. Do you know what, McVitie? If he got his own series, you could call it Cracker. <laughs> Oh, it's been done, sorry. <laughs> hey, who said comedy law could have been done? <laughs> that oh, was um, good really God. poor, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Scraping the bottom of the biscuit barrel. Oh, no. Oh. Stop, stop. <laughs> stop. Too, too much to digest. <laughs> oh, right, done. done. No more. Oh. <laughs> uh, right. 
So Corby's been nicked. They're at Sutton Coalfield, Coalfield Station. They've been taken in by the police at the station. The coppers and the regional crime squad are having a chat. And yeah. they've decided that they're going to let the van go on its way to London. Right. Um, which is where it was going. Yeah. With the police keeping an eye on it with a view to catching some of the other uh, people who were concerned in the theft and the disposal of the goods. Wow, that does okay. sound like uh, Line of Duty, doesn't it? Does, it does, but with corned beef rather than guns. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. Who's taking corned beef from Liverpool to London in yeah. a van? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much money there was in corned beef back then, but you've just, it seems like an unnecessarily elaborate crime for, some <laughs> for such a, a low-value item. I think yeah. it's like a quid a can now. Yeah. What was it in 1971? No idea. I don't know, but was there a corned beef shortage in the early there 70s? There was at some point, but that was in the early 80s when we were at war with Argentina. Yeah, over so they didn't send the beef over, yeah. Um, yeah. That so, was a famous, like, <laughs> shortage. <laughs> right. Um, so anyway, the van set off for London, and it had two police officers on board. Okay. <laughs> And was trailed by other Dressed police officers. Just tins of corned beef. Police officers. Just these giant keys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so two officers on board. Yeah. We, what's going on? Followed by other officers in a car. Okay. Or marked. Obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> let's look at a car. Give it a police Con- escort. Corned beef vehicle escort. Or something We've not like thought this sting through. <laughs> no. So they get to the London end of the M1, okay, oh, uh, at about seven o'clock at the Scratchwood service area, right? Um, as it was, as it's called, because this was the place where Dixon, the driver of the vehicle, told the police that he was to rendezvous with those who were to take the corned beef on. Okay. Oh my god. So I cannot. It's like I can't believe there's so many involved in it. Like, what <laughs> cut are they getting from this corned beef? <laughs> can't we watch? <laughs> the petrol costs alone are probably more than the corned beef was worth. Yeah. So at the Scratchwood service area, there were a number of people, including the defendant, who were obviously there to receive the vehicle, okay, and who um, were responsible for the transfer of goods to other vehicles and ultimate distribution of the goods to the ultimate receivers. <laughs> okay, so you can see, so basically, it's been stolen in Liverpool, taken gradually further south. They've clearly, if it's only half full, they've met other people to distribute it. You know, Do you think it's bound for the continent, this company? I, I have no idea. <laughs> it just sounds so weird. Um, <laughs> Right, so so that's what's happened. So one of the people that's arrested is the defendant, or the appellant, should I say, in this case, Hall, um, Smith, right. or Hall, whichever one it is. Um, Smith, it must be Smith, because yeah. it was Crown v Smith before. So, well, well, no, but I think I think the Crown appealed it again, to be honest right. with you. Oh, so, okay. Um, so we'll, we'll find out in due course. He wasn't charged with handling stolen goods, because that would be the offence, really. He's not stolen it. He is, however, knowingly taking goods that, is, that he believes are stolen. And, you know, then sort of like handling yeah. them and selling them on and so on. Um, but he wasn't charged with handling stolen goods. He was charged with an attempt to handle stolen goods. And the reason that he wasn't charged um, was perfectly simple, that by the time the vehicle got to Scratchwood Services and the defendant began to take an active part in the affair, the corned beef was, as a matter of law, no longer stolen goods. Um, by virtue of Section 24.3 of the Theft Act of 1968, and which deals with certain offences relating to stolen goods, there is this provision that, quote, no goods shall be regarded as having continued to be stolen goods after they have been restored to the person from whom they were stolen or to other lawful possession or custody of or after that person and any other person claiming through him have otherwise ceased as regards those goods any rights or restitution in respect to the theft. So as soon as they're taken into lawful custody of the police, they're not stolen goods. Not stolen anymore. So he can't be charged with stolen handling stolen goods 
but he's charged with an attempt to handle stolen goods because he believed he was handling stolen goods. Right. And he carried out all the preparatory acts involved in what he thought was, was the offence. Is there an attempt in theft? Well, you can, well, you, well an attempt, you can attempt to commit an, an offence, yes. Hmm. Um, but in, in this case, um, what's interesting is that because it, it's handling stolen goods. Right. The goods have to be stolen in order for the actual offence to take place. So the question before the court, as it went up, is, you know, can someone basically be charged with an attempt to commit an offence where the offence can't be made out? Right. Which is an interesting yeah, set of circumstances yeah. to be in. Because they're not, they're not they're stolen not, goods. They're not anymore. stolen by by a matter, police... by a matter of law. Yeah. It's not. It's not. They're not stolen goods. So therefore, can can someone be um, you know, and, and if we go back to sort of basic principles and, and go back to actor trace and mens rea, usually, because both elements have to be proven for a crime to be committed. Right, actus reus again. Actus reus is the, is the sort of physical of act it. of doing yeah. it, um, whereas mens rea is the mental element, so the intention or, or recklessness yeah. or whatever the mental element of that particular crime is. Now, usually where there's a failing, it's usually with the mens rea element. You can normally prove, prove the physical act but proving intention is more difficult. Yeah. You know, people can be seen having stabbed someone or whatever. Yeah, but he uh, might have been self-defence. Yeah, or might yeah. Have just been showing him his new knife and accidentally yeah, 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 exactly. took a finger off or something. Exactly. So, so it's it's often it's often the case that thinking about occasionally there'll be a case where the mens rea is proven, where the mental element, the intention is there, but the actual act isn't done. And this is one of those cases because he clearly intended to handle stolen goods. But couldn't do that because they weren't stolen. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. So then the question became, can he be convicted of it? Because he was convicted of an attempt and, and got 12 months custody for it um, in, in the Crown Court. And when it went up to the House of Lords, what the, what the Lordships were concerned with is that actually, is that correct? Can he be convicted of an attempt when actually the, the offence itself can't be made out? Mm. Um, which, is, which is interesting. Um, and the the answer basically is is what they decided was no, in yeah. essence. And um, Viscount Dilhorn gave a very good explanation as to why that was. So they go through a lot of the case, or so we won't um, bother with with that. But what I will say, uh, what I will do is is quote from Viscount Dilhorn where he says. So he's talking about someone who has effectively done some done something believing it's a criminal offence, and yet it's not. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it may be morally he may have sinned as much as a result of his belief, but it is conduct that is made punishable under our but but it is conduct that is made punishable under our law. A man cannot attempt to handle goods which are not stolen. Okay. A man taking his own umbrella from a club, thinking I love that as a <laughs> viscount, he's like, what's a common everyday <laughs> yeah. set of circumstances well, that a chap would understand? I wonder if he knows what corned beef is. <laughs> 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 Quite possibly not. Um, a man taking his own umbrella from a club thinking it the property of someone else does not steal. Yeah? yeah. That's fairly obvious. His belief does not convert his conduct into an offence if his conduct cannot constitute a crime. In my Fair view, enough. it matters not that the crime cannot be committed as a result of a physical impossibility, e.g. the absence of the property he wants to steal, or of a legal impossibility, e.g. that it's been taken into the custody of the police and therefore isn't stolen anymore. In either case, he cannot be convicted of an attempt when he could not be convicted of the full offence if he had succeeded in doing all that he attempted to do. Conduct which is not criminal is not converted into criminal conduct 
by the accused believing that a state of affairs exists which does not exist. Which Fair is a enough. really good example, yeah, to be fair. Really We're laughing example. at the, um, at the uh, sort of like example of it being a chap stealing an umbrella from a club. But <laughs> it's, 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 a good, it's, it's, a, it's a good example to give. So there we have an example of, in essence, um, someone believing they're committing a crime, but they're not committing a crime. And how the axis race and the mens rea both interplay and both have to be present. As I say, usually the mens rea won't be there. But in this case, it was there, but the actress <laughs> yeah, wasn't there. That is an excellent case. What an excellent case. Do you have a, an umbrella? Um, I do, yeah. Do you use it? Because I, I think mm. they should be made illegal. Rarely. I use them more often than I used to. Um, but Yeah, because of kids. And taking them to school and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and just because I'm older now. I never really? used to be bothered about getting wet, you know what I mean? Whereas now it's no. unpleasant, you know what I mean? So... Well, I've got glasses on most of the time now, and it's a pain in the rain, but I'd still rather not be able to see than have an umbrella. Yeah. So I just think it's the about the most antisocial thing you can do. Because if you've got an umbrella, there's no one else can fit on the pavement. Yeah, that's true. Two yeah. or three umbrellas. And also, I'm quite tall, so often the umbrella sticks, whatever they call it. Eye level. Yeah, they're really dangerous. Really, could be in a... I don't know. I could be in one of these cases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And plus, like you never know if it's like a got a poison dart can come out of the end exactly. of it as well. You can't trust people with umbrellas. They're always up to no, no. good, aren't they? Yeah, and you can also have them like, reinforced to repel bullets. <laughs> so, who's Horton? So, who the hell's Horton? So, so just bear with me. Because it's the... Um, well, it, what it'll be is is the... the um, as we've seen in some other... Um, cases in olden times is that the respondent in um, okay so Smith is the appellant basically yeah so so but it's Halton basically so Halton I think he's the chief constable of Liverpool oh right okay so that's that's who he is Smith Smith is the um, would be stolen goods handler <laughs> and um, Halton is um, is effectively the prosecution yeah for one for. Once of a better expression. What a bizarre waste of money, though, for a bit of corned beef. Unless yeah. the, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of corned beef. Eight, it's a van. 890 um, cartons. cartons. Now, I don't know how many tins are in a carton. Right, okay, yeah. Say this, they're the more likely to be about 20, aren't they? Yeah. 20, yeah, 20, still, 24. I mean, it still seems a lot of faff for that can't no. be that much money in a month. One, one van lots. load of corned beef. In a van. And yeah. the van's tilting, so it's, it's not even a full van. No. <laughs> it's just on one side. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, it's a good legal precedent. Good yeah. principle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like a, it. a bit of fun. Bit of fun. Stolen corned beef. Umbrella analogies. What more do you want? And also, I've spent, while you've been doing that, I've been trying to think for the last 15 minutes of a biscuit joke. So he was on, and I can't think of one. Surely there was one about the hobnobbing in the club. I was thinking of hobnobbing. <laughs> and do you know what else I was going to do? I was going to say, I couldn't think of one. Oh, crumbs. But I didn't. Because <laughs> you're, be you're didn't. better than that, aren't you? I am. I would never do that. So. I mean, club's a biscuit as well, isn't it? But, you know. Well, yeah, but also that's where you, leave, you steal an umbrella from. That's yeah. your own. Yeah. Who also steals an umbrella, firstly, <laughs> when he says, oh, you're trying to steal someone... Who you get the impression that maybe like someone had tried to do that to him. You know what I mean? And it's like he's got personal beef. Do you with know this, what? If you like, <laughs> <It's> the, <laughs> of 
Hold me. That's exactly. We should just go in this infinite circle of beef and biscuit <laughs> jokes. Yeah. We should stop this instantly. <laughs> right. Listen to the next episode that won't contain as many puns. Also, if you could like, do you like and subscribe? I don't know. Could subscribe. Subscribe. Subscribe and share, I think. Share. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, and let people know that we're back. Yeah. And we're bigger and stronger <laughs> than ever. And uh, the Comedy Law podcast experiment is... It's, we don't know if it's, it's working. It's going. It's, it's yeah. taking place, though. <laughs> barely legal it itself. That's a good title. So yeah. if nothing else, you know... Yeah. Hopefully, all the people that are in the wrong place will stay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All the people who've got here thinking we are going to be barely legal teens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not. We're not.